Welcome to Lead On, a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, and it's my responsibility each week to talk with you in this program about the practical side of ministry leadership, the challenges that church leaders and organizational leaders face in trying to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Now, one of the common themes about ministry leadership is leading change. In fact, I've taught about it for years and written a major book called uh, Leading Major Change in Your Ministry. But today I want to turn the table a little bit on that discussion. Rather than talking about leading change, I want to talk about when you're a leader and change happens to you. Our change is thrust upon you. Now, many leaders say, well, I'm really good at leadership. I, uh, excuse me, uh, many leaders say, I'm really good at managing change. I, I'm a change agent. I like change. Well, not so fast. You usually are the person initiating change. So that means you want the change to happen and you think the change is beneficial. So in those contexts, naturally, you're going to be for change, receptive to change, and you're going to be perceived as a change agent. But what about when you're on the other side of the equation, when change happens to you, or in some cases, it's thrust upon you? I want to talk to you today as a leader about how to prepare yourself to handle change. Now, the first thing is to underscore some theological realities about change that are just as true for you as a leader as they are for your followers. First, God is unchanging. Thank God for that. He never changes. So in the midst of all of the change that we have to live through in our lives, we have a bulwark or a foundation that we can always depend on, and that's God. Now, God, who's unchanging, however, created a world in which change is the expected norm. We have four seasons. We have night and day. We have life and death. Every single aspect of the world that God created is changing. You say, well, what about the mountains? I'm looking at one out the window of this studio today. That mountain is changing. It's changing in imperceptible ways to the naked eye. But every time a raindrop hits it, every time a snow melt uh, moves off of that mountain, every time a person walks across it, everything that's happening to it is causing it to change just a little bit. And so God created a world in which change is the expected norm. And then even beyond that, for those of us who are believers, the metaphors for our salvation always reflect the idea of growth and progress and change. Remember what the Bible says, we are uh, branches on a vine, we're living stones in a temple, we're members of a body. When you look at all of the biblical metaphors for salvation and resulting spiritual transformation, they all speak of change. So if you're a leader, you may not have thought much about the reality that you're going to go through change. God is unchanging, has created a world in which you participate where change is the norm, and God who's come into your life through the person of Jesus Christ and given you new life in him is now in the process of transforming you into 
the likeness of his son. You are going to change. And some of those changes you can anticipate, prepare for, and be delighted when they happen. But other changes are thrust upon us, forced on us by others or by circumstances, and those can be very difficult to manage. What are, my, what are some examples? Well, how about this one? Termination from your job. You come to work and you, and you discover that you no longer have a job. Whether that termination was because of something you did or something that changed in the organization or something that changed in the culture, doesn't really matter. You still got fired. Termination is one of those changes that can be forced on us. Well, sometimes it can also be a job change that doesn't quite go so far as termination. You go to work one day and you discover that your department's been reorganized and you've been moved from one job into another. Uh, you find out that your, ta- your responsibilities have been shifted or changed. You find out that uh, your workspace maybe has been modified or you've been moved from one area to another. Job change forced on you. Another one of these might relate to your job as well, and that might be your compensation. You know, some of the hardest decisions that have to ever be made in ministry organizations, and they do have to be made from time to time, is reduction of compensation or reduction of benefits. I've lived through a couple of economic downturns in the United States, and when those have happened, uh, some of the things that usually have to happen in churches and ministry organizations because donations go down is that, well, that uh, payroll has to be reduced. And so that's another kind of job change that can be forced on you. So some changes are forced on us, like termination, job change, uh, loss of compensation, etc. But some of the changes that are forced on us are not all related to our job. Sometimes they're, they're relational. Like, for example, uh, maybe you've been divorced. You may not have wanted to be divorced. You may not have filed for it or even cooperated in it. But your spouse, your former spouse, told you that uh, the marriage was over and they divorced you. Another kind of uh, relational challenge can just be a relational breakup where maybe you're involved in a relationship that you think is going toward marriage or toward something permanent, and, well, it just doesn't quite work out. Another kind of relational change that's forced on us is the the death of a loved one. Uh, Just uh, within the last day or so, a good friend of mine, a really good friend, discovered that uh, his mother, 85 years old, had been uh, killed in a car accident. He wasn't expecting that. He really hadn't planned for it. He knew his mother was aging and eventually she would die, but not in a horrific car crash. No. And so that change was thrust upon him. So sometimes we have change forced on us in our jobs, and sometimes we have change forced on us in our relationships. Uh, Sometimes we have change forced on us in our health, in our health situation. You know, I don't know anyone who ever goes through life expecting to get sick, but it seems to happen to all of us. Uh, It's happened to me a couple times. I was moving through life just fine in the mid-1990s when I went to the doctor for routine physical and discovered I had cancer. And let me tell you, that was a big change. That changed a lot about my life and about my expectations of life. It altered my health and it altered my stamina and it changed the pattern of my days now that have to be built around medications that I'm still taking after all these years. And so that change of my health was, was, was forced upon me by circumstances I couldn't control and really didn't have any way to prevent. 
So it can be job changes. It can be relational changes. It can be health changes. And then there's, there's other kinds of changes that just come at us that uh, relate to things that happen to us in the culture. Man, we've been living through this COVID situation for so long now, but we're still faced, it seems like, weekly with some change related to that. We're either masks on, masks off, social distance here, social distance there. Can we go to a restaurant? Can we not go to a restaurant? Can we go to the movie? Can we not go to the movie? Should we sit by a friend? Should we not sit by a friend? Should we go to a ball game, not go to a ball game? All these kinds of things are being thrust upon us, and so all this uncertainty results from change again coming at us from outside circumstances in the culture, if you will, that force us to deal with change. All I'm trying to illustrate is that as a leader, you are not exempt from having to deal with change. And it can be very challenging because in the, for, in, in, most of the time when we're dealing with change, we're the initiators, we're the ones in charge, we're the ones making it happen. Obviously, that means we're the ones that are for it. We want to see it happen as quickly as possible. We're all on board, and we wonder why everybody else is having a struggle with what we're trying to get done. But when the tables are turned and we're the one experiencing change, we're just like everyone else. So when one of these life situations thrusts change upon you, when change happens to you, let me give you some suggestions or some thoughts about what to remember to get you through dealing with change when it happens to you. Number one, remember that you, like everyone else, will go through a grief process to manage change. Change always brings with it a sense of loss. You've lost something. You've lost your job. You've lost your relationship. You've lost your health. You've lost your freedoms or your freedom to, uh, in, in culture like we've been discussing with COVID. You've lost something. And when you lose something, you go through a grief process. You feel shock, anger, denial, which ultimately leads to bargaining and then hopefully and finally exploration and adjustment. So when, thrust, when change is thrust upon you, you may feel shocked. You may feel angry. You may create some mechanisms for denial. You may try to bargain your way out of the situation. This is perfectly normal. You say, well, what do I do about it? You live through it. You recognize that these are realities that must be processed. These are phases or stages, if you will, that you have to live through. You realize that there's nothing wrong with you. You have simply given evidence that you're part of the human race. Welcome to normal. When you're facing change that's thrust upon you, shock, anger, denial, bargaining, exploration, adjustment, that's a process you have to live through. Stages, phases of grief are a part of dealing with loss that comes with going through a big change. The second thing to remember about change when it's thrust upon you and to remember about your response is no matter how logical you are about change most of the time, when it happens to you, you're going to process that change emotionally more than rationally or factually. Now, I know that's hard because you think, no, not me. I'm a very logical thinker about change. I like to rationalize it and factually think it through and lay out the plan, and then I'm ready to go forward with it. Well, that's certainly true of you when you're the one who's initiating change. But remember, again, we've turned the tables today. Now I'm talking about when change happens to you as a leader. 
And let me tell you, you're going to react just like everyone else does. You're going to react emotionally more than rationally and logically and factually. Now, remember, your first response is not your last response, and your first response is not your best response. But your first response is typically going to be an emotional one. I laughed at myself this morning. I came to work, turned on my email, and the very first one gave me a significant change in my daily plan that I was going to have to handle today. And my first response was to get a little upset about it, emotional. Why is this happening? Why did these people do this? Why didn't they listen to the advice they were given? And why do I have to deal with this now? Now, I've been leading for a long time, and I have a good team. So rather than vent in that way, emotionally, I went down, found a couple of my coworkers and colleagues, and said, hey, here's the situation. And I vented a little bit of that emotion with them. And then we moved on to processing the change rationally and logically and factually. Now, that was a pretty simple illustration because it was actually a pretty simple situation to resolve. But some things can be a lot more difficult when you lose a job or have a relational breakup or have a uh, major loss in your health. The emotional response in these days, in those situations, can take more than just a few minutes to work through. It can take days or even weeks to get past the pain that you're feeling. Again, I'm simply trying to emphasize that as a leader, you're not exempt from the normal responses people make when change is thrust upon them. So give yourself time. Be patient. Get the help you need. Maybe the friend, uh, maybe venting with a friend is all you need, but if you need counseling or conversation that's a little more in-depth, get that. Because recognize that the emotional response that you're going to make to change thrust upon you is real and deep. Now let's turn maybe more to the positive. When one of these things happens to you, you're going to go through a grieving process and you're going to have to deal with your emotions, but what can help get you through those two things is reflecting back on some of those theological realities I started the show with. Remember, God is unchanging, but he's created a world in which change is good, normal, operative, and God is at work purposely to change every one of us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's what salvation and spiritual growth is all about. So if those realities are true, that leads us to kind of the third observation of how to respond when change happens to you. Yes, you're going to first go through a grieving process. And yes, second, you're going to have to deal with the emotional aspect of what you've lived through and the emotional issues that are attached to experiencing a major change. But third, recognize Embrace, welcome your new circumstances as a God-allowed opportunity to grow. Yes, it's grievous that you lost your job, and it's emotionally painful to go home and tell your family. But recognize in that context, God is unchanging. He allows change because his world is full of change. And he has a purpose and change in your life to shape you, grow you, make you into the image of Jesus. See that job loss as an opportunity to grow. Same thing with a health loss. Same thing with a relational loss. 
Same thing even with the losses that are coming at us right now because of all the things going on in our culture. Recognize these are God-allowed opportunities to grow. Some of the most meaningful conversations I've had with friends over the years have been around this key point. I think about a friend who was fired by his church. He was a pastor. It was gut-wrenching to go through what he experienced. He grieved that loss. He emotionally went into a tailspin that lasted for a while. But finally, when he started coming to grips with the reality of what happened and why it happened, he started growing. And he was able to admit some deficiencies in his leadership capacity and his relational skills and some blind spots that he had that he really hadn't fully reckoned with before he went into pastoral ministry and how these things rose up and undermined his effectiveness. And he began to work hard at repairing these uh, deficiencies in his character and shoring up these, uh, these uh, holes in his competence. And eventually, he moved in a more healthy fashion back into pastoral ministry. Wow, what a good story that was as someone who came to see the change thrust upon him became an opportunity to really grow him in a new capacity. Now, don't misunderstand me. Not everybody gets their job back. I'm thinking about another person who also lost a ministry job. And as he backed away from that and reflected on what happened and went through the grief and the emotion and then started processing how God was at work to grow him through the situation and grow him into a better future as a result of it, he ultimately determined that uh, he needed to admit something that he really didn't want to admit but needed to be brought, onto the, brought, brought into light. And that is he had to admit that he really didn't want to be in ministry leadership, that he was doing it for really all the wrong reasons, to please his uh, family and to please some mentors and to please other people. And he decided that maybe God had a different life plan and a different life path for him. He went down that path. I've watched him go down that path for 25 years. It's been a beautiful life that God gave him when he finally got to the place where he was supposed to be in his vocation and how God used and grew and shaped him as a man in that context. I'm thinking about another person that I know who had a very serious illness thrust upon him. It was a really devastating diagnosis, and it set him back for a while. He told me later, he said, you know, when it happened, I was devastated because I went through so much grief and just so much emotion and so much fear and so much turmoil. But he said, somewhere in the midst of all that, I started trusting God again and started depending on him and started looking to him to see how he was going to use this experience in my life. And he said, now, these years later, I look back, and I would not exclude that experience from my life for anything that you might offer me. He said, it's the, it's the point of, of life, a point in my life where everything changed, where from that moment forward, life came into focus, where everything that I learned began to shape and mold and make me into the man I've become. And he said, yes, it was a horrible time I went through, a time when change was thrust upon me, when it happened to me, when I didn't want it, but now I look back on it. And as he put it in his words, I wouldn't take for it, he said. I want that experience to always be a defining part of who I am. And so when you look back over life, sometimes you can see these better in hindsight. When you're living through them, it's more difficult. But when you're living through a change that's been thrust upon you, you didn't ask for it, you didn't want it, 
You're not even sure you like it. You're going through a grieving process and you're working through all those issues. And a part of that, you're dealing with a lot of emotion. Find a way to settle back down on those theological convictions that God is at work. And see this change as, the, as a new circumstances that is a God-allowed opportunity for growth. Remember, God is unchanging, but he's made a world in which change is normative, and you're in that world, and so change is going to be a part of your life. And all change that comes at us is part of God's capacity and plan to remake us by transforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. That is the way that you can embrace change as a God-allowed circumstance to grow. And then finally, a fourth response to make when change happens to you is to accept it and move on. Accept it and move on. Now, your worst response is to become preoccupied with the change, the injustice of it, the unfairness of it, your fixation with uh, with 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 uh, confronting those involved in it and making things right. That fixation with the injustice and the unfairness and with making things right or with getting even with the people involved stunts your growth and thwarts God's capacity to move you on from what's happened to you. Now, you probably don't have to think very long until you can come up with the name of someone that is stewing in this kind of bitterness, seeping out of their pores, saturated with it. It's what they think about every single day, their divorce, their breakup, their firing, their job change, their compensation reduction, their health crisis. They're fixated on it. And all they want to talk about is the injustice of it, the unfairness of it, how it shouldn't have happened to them. And so they spend time blaming God. Why did you let this happen to me? Blaming others. You know, that's the way people treated me, and they were all wrong, and I was all right. Justifying ourselves. Yes, uh, I, 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 was, I, was, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, and everyone else got rewarded for it, but I'm the one who got penalized. Justifying ourselves. Man, when you see a person like that, isn't it kind of sad that they've decided to settle down in all of that negativity rather than accept the reality of the change, and move forward. Well, today, we've turned the tables. Most of the time as leaders, we're the change agents. We're the change initiators. And because of that, we can easily think that we love change, we process change well, and that we don't have a problem with change. But we turn the tables today and face the hard reality that when change happens to us and change is thrust upon us, we are part of the human race. We are just like everybody else. And we go through the same kinds of circumstances and the same kinds of responses that everyone else does. And so if you're a leader today, stop thinking of yourself as being different in this way and embrace the reality of what happens to a person when change is thrust upon them. If you've had one of these circumstances I've described in recent days or even months or even years ago, I want to challenge you. Accept the grief process that goes with it and move through that process, not trying to short-circuit it in any way, but to get to adjustment. And along the way, accept the reality that you're going to face a lot of emotion and have to deal with a lot of feelings about what's happened to you. 
Then, in the midst of those kinds of processing steps, grief and emotion, come to, the, come to grips with the reality that God is at work through your change and that somehow in ways you may not even yet see and may not fully understand for decades, God is going to use that circumstance to change you in profound and positive ways. And then, don't fixate on what happened. Don't become so focused on it that all you can think about is the injustice of it and the unfairness of it and how it shouldn't have happened to you and how you didn't deserve it and how you should have been able to escape it without even any kind of uh, harm. No, don't do that. Instead, say, I've had this happen. I embrace it fully. And now I'm moving on, trusting God to do something good in my life. When change happens to you, you can make a better response as you lead on. 